Verbally Effective with Ina Esco is an interview-style podcast that intersects art, culture, politics, and entertainment with a Memphis focus with producer Sana Marie. Each week, I'm joined by a featured guest with roots in Memphis. Verbally Effective delves into each guest's personal journey to uncover the incredible stories fueling their purpose, the highs and lows of their pursuits, and how through their passion, they are moving the culture forward. Be sure to follow Verbally Effective and Ina Esco on Instagram. Also, download the Verbally Effective podcast podcast on SoundCloud, iTunes, and Google Play Music. Don't forget to check out the website and submit to be a guest at verballyeffective.com. Hey everybody, this is Ariel Gibson, your future Shelby County clerk, and I'm hanging with Ina Esco on the Verbally Effective podcast. Hi, it is Carlissa Shaw, and I am hanging out with Ina Esco on the Verbally Effective podcast. Hello, hello, and welcome once again to the Verbally Effective Podcast. I am your host, your double E, Ina Esco. You could be anywhere in the world, but you are here with me. And we are talking about, of course, art, culture, politics, and entertainment with a Memphis focus. And check it out. Fall is here. You're waking up in the morning. Very cool outside, right? You need that verbally effective hoodie. Get the merch right now at ivymultimediashop.com. Also, subscribe, follow, share the podcast on all social media platforms, Amazon Music, SoundCloud, iTunes, uh, Spotify, whatever you got, we are on there. Also, hit my cash app and support the brand right now. Cash tag Ina Esco, E-N-A-E-S-C-O. Big shout out to the Consortium MMT for allowing me to podcast in this space. But check it out, ladies and gentlemen. I got a big superstar in the building with me today. I am talking about musician. And he is the son of Bobby Blue Bland, which I'm very familiar with. We're going to talk about that. And he has an EP out right now. I'm talking about Rod Bland. What's up, Mr. Bland? (laughs) Hey, how are you? I am wonderful. Thank you so much for joining me today. Thank you for having me. Yes, because I know that you had rescheduled your whole routine today to be with me. You are well worth it. Yes, because you do a little kickboxing, right? Kickboxing fitness I teach, and I also take the classes occasionally. Wow. How did you get into that? Mm, uh, good friend, uh, Uso, if you will, Kelly Potter, who used to be the GM of 152, he posted on Facebook, who's a man down for a challenge <laughs> of a workout, and I just happened to be up at that ungodly hour, and I picked up that punk card, and we went down <laughs> to Cooper Young area, and had a hell of a workout, and I've been doing it since, and that was roughly 2015. Really? May, June, May of 2015, shortly after shortly after my godfather, B.B. King, passed. Wow. You so, know what? I used to do a little kickboxing back in the day. This was like... I'll keep my distance from you. Pre-marriage, when I was fine and sexy and a little, you know, a little cute thing, baby. I'm talking about in shape, though. Let's talk about, like, for real. I'm in shape, too. Round. Right. But kickboxing is like 
a real deal workout. Uh, kickboxing fitness, uh, Lord. Memphis Fitness Kickboxing, with three locations: Bartlett, the original gym, I think, Cooper Young, and also out east and on Quince. Wow. So yeah. And you do it every Monday. I teach Mondays at 5 p.m. normally, Tuesdays and Wednesday mornings at 10 a.m., Fridays 4 and 5 p.m. in Midtown, and I also teach kids at School of Rock drums. Okay. And lately I've assumed a position of talent buyer for the new Memphis Clover Club, formerly Third and Court. Better known to all of us as Memphis Sounds back in the day. Look down in the basement. And uh, occasionally squeeze in time for gigs and sleep. Wow. Yeah. Well, Rob, we're going to start at the beginning. Okay. What part of Memphis are you from? Uh, born and raised in Memphis. I was born in Baptist Hospital. In Baptist Hospital. Mm-hmm. What neighborhood do you rep? Uh, <laughs> I grew up in Germantown, so I always have a soft spot for the 38138. What? I think you're like the second person on the pod. And I had a young lady not too long ago. She repped Germantown as well. And did you go to Germantown High School? Uh, I went to Houston. You went to Houston? Yeah, I'm a Mustang. Okay. Okay. So tell me about growing up in old Germantown. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, It wasn't like what you saw in the Fresh Prince of Bel-Air. It Um, wasn't? No, it's not. Uh, For me, it's... It's different. I was probably one of a handful of kids of color, right? Mm-hmm. So I had different friends of uh, all races, and but, you know, they looked at me like I might have been Carlton because I had a different <laughs> way of speaking. And okay. because, you know, in my Walkman, or my Discman, I might be listening to my dad and BB to the two records they put out together or yeah i might be listening to you know just different things um jazz head because i'm a drummer yeah i started playing drums when i was a kid when i was three wow uh, yeah i started doing shows with my dad when i was five Mm. so things that would make up my drumming dna and help me be further along is not considered pop Mm. so while a lot of my friends were Deep in the NWA and, mm-hmm. you know, 8-Ball MJG. You know, I got an 8-Ball M- MJG, but that wasn't helping me learn how to play my dad's shows mm-hmm. or BB's shows. So, you know, I focused on that and, you know, got exposed to just different things growing up in the burbs. Wow. Yeah. So let's talk about your relationship with your father. Okay. So growing up, tell me about the dynamic between you two. You know how they say uh, most sons are mama's boys. Mm-hmm. I love my mother dearly. <laughs> right, that's my that's my girl, Red. I love you if you ever see this or hear this. But I, <laughs> I'm my father's son. I was mm-hmm. extremely close to my father. Wherever he went, I was sure to try to follow. Mm-hmm. So you know, growing up. I was fortunate to to be a product of a two-parent household. Mm -hmm. So I had my mom and my dad, but I just always had this affinity for being around my father, whether it was going to rehearsals at the Club Paradise back in the day and the drummer leaving a stick back at the hotel and me crawling (laughs) around and finding, like, you know, somewhat broken sticks that could still be salvageable to use for, you know, to see you through. Or just 
the hangs that him and I used to always have from um you know from the time I began to walk and then destroying pots and pans and furniture, uh, <laughs> treating them it. as drums. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I had a warped imagination as a youth. Um, but that was, that's my, that's my dude, you know, that's my, that's my main man. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, we were extremely close. Wow. So what made you pick up the drumsticks? I think I just gravitated towards it naturally. I think a lot of kids at one point in time will always – have a little bit of an itch to to scratch when it comes to hitting things, <laughs> and uh, my my favorite thing to say is, you know, I saw a guy. I, his name is Peeny, and it's his nickname, Harold Portier. I saw him hitting things and wasn't getting yelled at about it. Hey, uh, let me try that. Yeah. But uh, in all seriousness, I just always had a love for drums, rhythm, and I started banging on things very young to the point that it drove <laughs> it drove him nuts um scarring up the kitchenware and the furniture and you know my dad was not a physical disciplinarian if you will mm-hmm. uh I, I i i got popped once and he said i the look i gave him was like you know this is me right <laughs> like, so you didn't give that look again I mean, I, I, I didn't, he, he said, I hit you one time and you looked at me like I was crazy. And I knew right then and there that, and when I needed to talk to you or correct you, I was going to talk to you and not talk at you. I wasn't going to raise my hand to you. So, you know, yeah, that's how I was with him and I. Wow. So tell me about once you graduated Houston high school, what was next for Rod? My head was so far in the clouds. Uh, I really hadn't given much consideration as to what I wanted to do and how I wanted to pursue the next phase of my life. Um, I really wanted to be a musician, and I had part-time thoughts about getting into the other aspect of music, the the, the business side, mm-hmm. marketing and whatnot, but I just... I went to Lambeth in Jackson, Tennessee for mm-hmm. a semester, and it was a good experience being away from home, but my head wasn't really in it, and they soon realized that and brought me home, and I got to experience the spring-winter tour schedule that my dad would do with B.B. King, and just like the the bug was even more mm-hmm. prevalent. Like, okay, I want to do this, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and I'm in my, you know, late teens. You know, I don't have any responsibilities. I'm not like the other guys that I've grown up around where they have bills and families and obligations. And, the, you know, I just wanted to play mm-hmm. and, you know, get my envelope at the end of the run and, you know, if I'd have known then what I know now or somewhat know now, <laughs> yeah, who, who's to say where I would be? Wow, so that's what you did. You started early touring. Where all have you been and who all have you worked with that comes to mind? I wouldn't say I've been around the world, but I've definitely been to many a country. I've spent some time in Europe on summer runs with my dad. Uh, I've worked with... Obviously, my father, I got to work with my godfather, B.B. King, as well. Uh, I got to do some things with 
Reverend Sean Amos, uh, the late Otis Clay, Uncle O, if you will. Um, Ronnie Baker Brooks. Um, that was a good, uh, good run. And just a lot of different artists here in town, such mm-hmm. as Will Tucker. Uh, I got to sub occasionally uh, with the late Preston Shannon if you know, David Mason couldn't do the gig. Mm-hmm. Shout out to my brother, David Mason. Uh, or if Marles Flowers or Myron Howell, you know, couldn't do mm-hmm. it. I, I, you know, I was the last one on the list, so I got the call. <laughs> um, I got to play... Uh, quite a few times with the late Ruby Wilson, the wow. queen of Beale Street. Mm-hmm. I love playing with Leroy Hodges. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's just something to be said about a bass player that can just not just lead you in a song and groove, if you will, mm-hmm. but just you don't have to do anything. Just sit in the pocket and just let it ride. Groove. Let it ride. Yeah. <laughs> um, there's my band Brimstone Jones, kind of a bluesy rock outfit. Then there's the Blues Players Club that I created with uh, my longtime best friend Kelly McDonald on bass, Vince Johnson on vocals and harmonica, Lydia Warren on guitar, mm-hmm. sometimes Joe Boogie on keys, or Chris Stevenson on keys. And then Lately, my passion project, Rod Bland and the Members Only Band. Okay, tell me about this passion project. <laughs> <laughs> well, to be honest with you, it's it's from a selfish standpoint. <clears throat> so when my dad passed, I always, before he passed, I always wanted to do something in tribute to him. So something for him to see while he's here. Because he's seen me play maybe a small handful of times without it being with him. And uh, the closest we came was in 2010 for his 80th birthday mm-hmm. at Samstown Casino. Uh, I debuted what I called Rod Bland and Friends, and we did like a six-song set for him. So you fast forward to him passing away, and obviously I'm at that time trying to come to terms and deal with not just the loss of my father, my mentor, my hero, my best friend— but also my my boss and the fact that he's got such an extensive catalog of music that, mm-hmm. you know, there are songs that as a boy I got to play one or two times and probably stunk out the joint. Then <laughs> as I got older, there were songs that I wanted to play that he no longer cared to play. So in 2016, I was on tour with Reverend Sean Amos, just to bring all this into a timeline. Gina Hughes out of Nashville, would not let me sleep to save my life. She kept instant messaging me on Facebook. Hey, I'd love it if you participate in my 2017 IBC showcase. Cool, what do you want me to do? How about a tribute to your dad? Nothing to do with that, uh, you know. Uh, she And she convinced me, you know, she's... Why great. were you hesitant? First of all, who's going to sing? Can you sing? Fabe. So <laughs> who's going to sing this body of work, you know? And the first thing, you know, when you go up there and you're going to do Bobby Blue Bland songs, there's going to be just bound to be some dude or maybe even a woman, mm-hmm. but mostly it's going to be a dude. That don't sound nothing like no Bobby Bland. 
Remember only Sing it with me, Rod And some brothers Okay, Fabe Okay Now <laughs> So I put together a band And it's mostly guys that have worked with my dad In one way, shape, form, or fashion Hence the name Members Only Band so we did a six-song set with a good friend of mine and my dad's, Stacy Mitchart, fronting the band. It was cool. felt good. Around about March, April, we were alerted that they were going to put a statue of my dad down. Wow. And they were going to put it down in May of 2017. And I was under the impression, that's great. We're gonna do just stand around a statue for like fifteen, twenty minutes, and then everyone go home and you know, let's let's honor blue. So once again, I reached out to Gina this time, but we put our heads together and we came up with an idea, let's do a proper tribute show to him. Longer than six songs. Mm-hmm. So we put our heads together on some different guest vocals to come in and we did that. Uh the late Michael Ledbetter was a vocalist with Monster Mike Welch on guitar, Sugar Ray Rayford, mm-hmm. Jan Magnus. And it's nerve-wracking trying to put all this together and then, you know, picking a song list and, you know, trying to pick songs for another person to sing that may or may not be in their vocal range or their styling. So it went well, well in 2017. We did it again in 18 uh, and again in 2019. And 2019's show is where we have the EP. Gotcha. We took a 25-song set list, found 12 good contenders, and of the 12, there were six strong contenders ready to go. So thanks to my uh, good friend Wes Edmonds, who engineered and recorded the show that night at BB King's. He helped me find the right person to master it. Uh, Keith, thank you. And (laughs) there we have it. Wow. So the EP, right? Mm-hmm. So tell me about it. So, I mean, how do you feel about this project? Is it like a passion project for you? Uh, nothing but passion because, you know, A, it's about my father. Mm-hmm. And I want to choose my words carefully, but this is a means to an end to not only celebrate my father, but to also introduce if not reintroduce myself to his fans that mm. may or may not remember that oh his son played drums or played percussion you know he was on the live on Beale Street thing looking like a skinny Will Smith in a tuxedo <laughs> and Ray-Bans you know okay cool and then also it's to springboard me into being able to have alternating vehicles that I could utilize to tribute my dad or maybe even do something uh, in BB's honor because, yeah, I'm closely associated with both. Mm-hmm. You know, that's why I've always referred to them as my two dads. I kind of had to because BB once sat me down. I was walking past him at catering and, hey, son, come on over here and say hi to your other father. You got two dads. You got you got <laughs> Blue and you got me. <laughs> okay so were they like best friends yeah wow so in my head i'm like okay so you went from uncle to godfather there's one i said grandfather and i knew someone <laughs> you know that that math was not was not adding up 
Right. But when he said, you know, you're you're like my son too, okay. So sometimes if you see, if I'm in my feelings, if you will, I'm making a post about the two of them, I utilize this hashtag, my two dads. Mm-hmm. And it's not about that cheesy TV show from the 80s. It's like legit. Um, BB thought of me as a son. And, you know, I thought of him as a, you know, bonus dad. Yeah. So. Wow. I'm, I'm, in that sense, I'm um, very fortunate. And I know your father would be proud today to see the work that you're continuing in his legacy and his honor. Do you feel like you have some big shoes to fill? Well, we both wore the same size. No, he was a 13. I'm a 14. But uh, Really? Um, yes. Stop. <laughs> What, no, I just, no I, you probably have a, a friend or cousin you want me to meet now. Stop it. I might. They're being serious right now. Um, okay. But I do think that no matter what I try to do and hope to do, that fulfilling those shoes of both my father and BB, you know, I, I will never come close. Mm-hmm. And at times it kind of keeps me awake at night. Am I doing right by the two of them? Am I doing things right for them? Yeah. Those are things that, to be completely transparent, keep me awake at night. Wow. It's in your DNA, Rod. My Dana. It's in your Dana. It's in there. I know he's proud. I know it. I know it. I can feel it. Now, what what do you enjoy? What music do you enjoy these days? Mm. Who are some of the artists that just bring you life? (laughs) It bring me life. Mm-hmm. Uh, I never really look at it like that, but, and this is where you'll probably look at me differently. But my music choices, we're, we're gonna we're gonna put Blue, BB, Freddie, Albert King. We're gonna put put them aside. And my normal day to day, you can hear me find me listening to Soundgarden, Pearl Jam, Gary Clark Jr. Um, Going back to the Fugees, listen to some of that, uh, the Roots. So you're very diverse in your choices. Extremely. Mm-hmm. I, and back in the day, I had a, a romance playlist that included Alanis Morissette. So I'm a oh, very, I love her. I'm a very different type of dude. <laughs> you know, I like to go back and listen to like Michael Jackson and Prince, and you haven't lived until you've heard, seen me pop. When I hear new additions, any heartbreak, come on. The, I got to see the, this. The, the video version. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. So long-term, Rod, we going to still be playing these sticks and putting this music out? You mean laying wood to skin? Yeah, I'm going to be playing drums mm-hmm. until the day I die. Oh, I heard that. I, nothing's going to change as far as that goes, but I will probably eventually... Try not to be such a one-trick pony. I might pick up a guitar. Mm-hmm. I might, mm-hmm. and actually do something other than hold it or yeah. carry it down the street like I did for uh, BB's funeral procession. But time will tell. Right now, I'm laser focused on being at 44. Right now, a better drummer, uh, in the sense that I keep my ears open when I'm playing with other musicians and just go where the vibe takes me. Who's your favorite drummer? Mine is Sheila E. She's the most attractive. She, even she to, popping to this on day. Them. Do you think she's a talented drummer? 
I think she's an end-all, be-all goddess of drums. Oh, who's your fave? You will not let me out of this one. <laughs> you didn't say the, the password either, so you're going to tell me. <laughs> like Bobby Rush said, like a dog with a bone, can't let it alone. Uh, I've got quite a few. Oh, we can't narrow it down. Let's not. Top three. For the drummers out there. Top three. The greatest of all time, Buddy Rich. Ooh. <laughs> um, Mitch Mitchell that used to play with Jimi Hendrix. Mm. There's just something about the way he intertwined being a jazz drummer with rock and roll. Mm-hmm. <laughs> One more. I call him the Godfather of Groove. Howard Grimes, the Bulldog. Mm. You listen to uh, those old recordings with uh, that the High Rhythm section did. Mm. Just the the his overall sense of groove. A minimalist. He didn't need all the blicka de blicka de crack crack and none of that. Mm-hmm. Um, he makes simple drumming sexy. Oh, and heard that. let's go for uh, he forever continue to rest in peace. My uncle John Jabo Starks, mm-hmm. who did a lot of my dad's early recordings and uh, went on to play with James Brown went on to play with B.B. King and kind of set the bar high for things to follow. Mm-hmm. You try playing Turn On Your Love Lighter, Don't Cry No More, the way he played it. Can't mm. do it. Can't do it. Wow. So you know what, Rod? Um, it seems like the Memphis music scene has been getting a lot of attention as of late. As well it should. Long as overdue. it should. So, the, the, and that leads me to my question, because um, I'm sure probably when your father was performing back in the day, you know, they was on and popping, and it's just, you know, I've, I'm a transplant to Memphis, so I've moved here in 95, but what I have discovered is, you know, Memphis is deeply rooted into so much soul, you know, they got real deal legends from this city, and it only seems like recently people are getting their flowers, how do you feel about that? Unfortunately, it's, you have to say, better late than never. Mm-hmm. But Memphis is undeniable. I think the word undeniable is the best way to describe Memphis. Mm. There's only so far you can go and so long you can go before you have to recognize the immeasurable impact that Memphis has on so many things. Music, culture. There's Memphis in just about any and everything and everywhere you go. True. I saw a friend on Instagram post a photo of someone wearing, I think it was a Stax shirt, 
uh, wherever that person was, you know, it wasn't in Memphis. Mm-hmm. Okay. <laughs> uh, you got such a cultural impact of blues that has found its way into the hearts of many across the pond. Yeah. You know, um, Memphis is undeniable. Look at our Grizzlies. Mm-hmm. You know, what, what do we say? We grind. Grid and grind. Right? Yeah. We don't bluff. Mm-hmm. Right? Undeniable is the word that should be associated with Memphis, in my opinion. Yes, I agree, Rod. And I thank you for joining me today thank you for on the me. Verbally Effective Podcast. I want you to let everybody know how <clears throat> they can get your EP, how they can continue to follow Rod Bland's journey. Well, you can uh, usually pick up a physical copy if you see me, because I usually keep them on me at gigs. But we have a website, rbandthemob.com. That's also the social media for Facebook and Instagram, Twitter, YouTube as well. I also have a website, rodbland.com, R-O-D-D-B-L-A-N-D.com. And I'm on Instagram at the Rod Bland. I've got a little bit of a presence on the net, on the, okay. on the interwebs. You can find me. <laughs> Do you interact? Do you I do engage? indeed. I do indeed. Okay, you got to do that. I know, I know. <laughs> well, I thought I was going to get you to sing today. Oh, you thought that? Because I can hear that tone in oh, your voice. Oh, no, that's just static in your headphones. No. <laughs> but I would definitely love to check you out um, and hear your All new right, project. All right, I confess. You can sing. No, I didn't say that. But I did sing not long ago with the band Local Treasure, in my opinion, Free World, they mm-hmm. play every Sunday at Blue City, have been for over 30-plus years, except for, obviously, last year during the pandemic, which we still have going on a little the bit. pandemic. Right, stop it. <laughs> Richard Cushing, the bass player, had me to not only play drums, but sing lead Them Changes by the late Buddy Miles. It's a tune that's on the Band of Gypsies record, Jimi Hendrix and... Let me hear a bit. No, 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 no. I'm going che- I'm I'm yeah, to come check you out. Yeah, just, you got to find me first. I'm going to find so, you. So, yeah, uh, that's as close as I've done <laughs> to any live singing in front of people. Wow. Okay. I know there is some footage of that on the interweb. There may okay. or may not be. I'm going to Google Schmoogle. Some footage <laughs> on the people's Instagram. I'm going to check it out. And you know what? I've really enjoyed you today, Rod, listening to your journey. And I absolutely think it's amazing how you're continuing to honor your father's legacy. That is definitely amazing. And I'm going to check out your new EP. And I'm going to come see you sing and play them drums, Rod. You'll come see me play drums, true, one day. Yes. Singing. It's. So he says, verbally effective audience. Thank you so much for tuning in today and, you know, listening to the journey of musician Rod Bland. Definitely check him out on his website. Follow him on all social media platforms. And also, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast on all social media platforms, streaming services, and get that merch, ivymultimedia.com. The time is here to get your hoodies, your masks, your long sleeve tees. Check them out right now. Also, hit me on that cash tag. 
hashtag Ina Esco, E-N-A-E-S-C-O. I will get with you guys next week. And thank you so much for joining me today on the Verbally Effective Podcast.